Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. I, you know, uh, you know, the Holy Spirit, I believe, dealt with me before the beginning of the year that I need to, and I shared this, I think, once or twice, just how I know I'm supposed to do a, a lot of instruction on faith this year. And, uh, but, you know, there's different ways we can, uh, you know, that's not the only thing we teach on, but that's, that's something this year God wanted me to put a special emphasis because God wants his people in position to be able to receive no matter what they see going on in this world. And it's going to take faith to do that. And, uh, and so faith is something we need to be continuously reminded of. And there are different facets, really, of how to strengthen our faith from the Word of God. It's kind of different, different ways that we can come at things from the Word of God. You know, the Word of God is like this beautiful diamond uh, even there certain subjects in the word of God are like a beautiful diamond where like with faith, you can look at one side of the diamond and it's beautiful and it's majestic. But then you turn it around, look on the other side and it's still beautiful and majestic, but it's from a different angle. It's a different facet. And, uh, and so there's different facets of, uh, how we can approach faith. And, uh, and, and my desire is to find is there, through these different ways we approach it is to help people somehow maybe get a better glimpse and receive from God. Sometimes people hear something a certain way and, they, and it clicks, it connects, and they're able to hook up with that uh, in a little bit stronger way maybe than in another way. Amen? So it's important that we uh, uh, teach along these lines. And this morning, uh, specifically, we're going to look at our blood covenant relationship with God and see things from the standpoint of covenant and, uh, and have a covenant mentality about, uh, about God and his word and his blessings and our relationship with him because it will, it will truly, this is, one, this is an area that has truly helped my life and helped my faith walk. I can honestly say that. I refer to it a lot, especially if I've been wavering a little bit. I go back, it was one of the things I go back to is, God, I'm in covenant with you because covenant is so strong in the word of God. It's so strong when we see uh, this blood covenant we have with God through Christ, uh, how, how powerful this is for our lives. You know, John chapter 15, let's look at what something Jesus said here to start off. He's talking about the vine and the branches, you know, there and, and being one with Christ and being connected. Uh, but John chapter 15, verse, verse 13, notice what... Uh, Notice what Jesus said here. Greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Now, that word friends, he said, you're my friend. Let's go, we go, go ahead and read the next verse. You're my friends. Verse 14. You're my friends, he says. Uh, you can go to the next verse there. You're my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. Verse, let's go ahead and read the verse 15. Henceforth, I call you not servants, for the servant knows what it, not what his Lord does, but I have called you friends. For all things that I've heard of my father, I've made known unto you. So he says, you're, you're friends. Now, this is covenant talk here. Uh, it's really covenant language. Jesus says, you're my friends. Us being friends with him. Now, don't, we don't need to water that word friends down here. We need to see it from the mind of the Bible, really the mind of God and the, the, the mind of the Jew and the mind of, uh, you know, really you could say Eastern mind 
as opposed to our, you may be what our Western definition of friend. Because the word friend, and when you see it in the Bible, always has to do with covenant. It always has to do with covenant. Uh, see, our relationship with God is covenant. Now it's sealed in the blood of Jesus. You know, this is Communion Sunday. We're celebrating the, the shed blood of Jesus. We'll take communion at the end of the service because we're, we're celebrating the blood that was shed to bring us into covenant relationship with God. His blood sealed a new covenant. Amen. So our relationship with God is covenant sealed with blood because you can't have covenant without blood. In the Bible, in fact, the word covenant in the Hebrew, it's a meaning to cut till blood flows. It's covenant. And it's always connected to the shedding of blood. Now, there's no greater relationship than covenant. There's no stronger relationship than covenant. Jesus said, you know, no greater love has any man to lay down his life. And, that, and he's connecting that to covenant because he's now, he says, you're my friends. Friends are connected to this. You know, covenant relationship is connected to this, the greatest possible relationship you can have. And that's the laying down of your life. James chapter 2, talking about Abraham, verse 23, James 2, 23. Notice about Abraham, because God cut covenant with Abraham, didn't he? Amen. And the scriptures was fulfilled, which said, Abraham believed God. And it was imputed to him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. The friend of God. Now that's covenant friend. That's not, that's not hey, good buddy. Give me a fist pump. It's not that kind of friend we're talking about here. Amen. It's, it's a covenant relationship. That's why we don't need to belittle it and, 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 and get it into a, making this a common thing. This is, this is a strong thing. There needs to, there's, this is a reverential uh, look at, at God. When we say he, we're his friend, that he's a friend of God, that's, that means a covenant friend. You're in covenant relationship because of blood. It's a powerful thing. Amen. You know, we even have covenant ceremonies in the Old Testament with men, between men. You know, it's, 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 it's throughout uh, the Old Testament. You know, men would come into covenant. And they would cut, you know, apart. And they would mingle their blood or do something where they, they would come into covenant with each other. <clears throat> um, and that would, it would be for the purpose like of, a, of settling disputes, uh, you know, of, of being able to join up with someone stronger than you. Uh, so we see that even in the Old Testament. But even in primitive cultures, this is something that has been, you know, it, of course, covenant began in the Garden of Eden when God cut the blood of an animal. Amen. For, for Adam and Eve's purposes, you know. Uh, but we also see it with God and Abraham. We see, we see covenant in the word, but also it's been part of civilization for, you know, as far as men can go back and, and be recorded. Uh, you know, whether it's in ancient Europe, ancient Asia, and, you know, in Africa, South America, all over the world. Even, you know, how many of they didn't have the internet hundreds of years ago? They couldn't say, Wow, look what they're doing over there in that country. Why don't we do that? No, it was, in, it was like it was something in primitive man. 
Even men that have never, that never knew the, never heard the gospel, they were, you would find, explorers would find people entering into covenant. Something about that is so strong. The shedding of blood. I mean, you know, however, it, you know, obviously it got, it's gotten twisted and perverted since, you know, God's purposes in the beginning. And, uh, you know, whenever men drink, drink each other's blood and call that covenant, I mean, that's forbidden in the Bible. But, but yet, so there's been twisting of it. You know, it's, it's interesting. I was reading something about, uh, looked up like, you know, the, old, the, the origins of Cosa Nostra, the, the Italian Sicilian mafia, you know. When it be, that's what, when I say Cosa Nostra, some of you looked at me like, whatever, I don't know. The mafia, you know that began over in Italy. And it, uh, uh, as far as that particular mafia, there's always been mafias, I'm sure, different kinds all over because it's been, it gets twisted. It gets, but yet it, it began really as protection for people in a certain area, like a town or, or, or this, you know, just a region. It began as something to protect people from, uh, you know, uh, outward enemies coming in. And it was something that you had some, some of the stronger people in, in the city or area that would, that they could, if you entered into covenant with them, you could, they would protect you. Yet you still had to, you had to kind of pay them something, right? But so it began really with a good idea, but obviously those things have devolved into something that, you know, becomes, uh, you know, perverse and, uh, because of man's sin nature, you know, but, um, and that's, you know, the mafia today, obviously, isn't a, isn't a buddies club. It's not a real sweet group. But, uh, but yet, uh, yet we see that in man. It's, it's something in man that, uh, and what they would do, there, there would be, the mafia is known for cutting covenants. And it wasn't until recent history, really, that any mafia member ever was known to violate the covenants. Because you give up, you're saying, I'm, if you violate a, a blood covenant in the mafia, you're basically saying you can kill my wife, my kids, you can kill all my relatives, aunts and uncles, you can kill them all if I violate this. That's how strong it is. And that's why you never, in fact, you don't have anybody in the history of Italy ever, my, my, this is my understanding and studying, just reading about this, said there's no recorded incidents where anybody ever broke covenant there. Because everybody knew who their family was. If you cared at all about your family, you just didn't break a covenant. Amen. Hallelujah. So in other words, even in, even in sinful man, there's a strength to it. There's, there's a, something about it that, that uh, uh, you know, is binding. It's, in fact, it's been known as, a, you could say it's the strongest uh, binding agreement known to mankind. Is covenant. Men making covenant with each other even. <clears throat> but blood covenant, as far as God is concerned, again, there's no covenant without blood. That's something that originated in God, originated with his uh, relationship with men, starting you know, with Abraham primarily. And, uh, and that is something that God brought into the earth. He initiated it because he loved us. God's covenant is a love covenant. It's because he wants to do something for you. 
You know, Leviticus says that the life is in the blood. So it's a committing of a life. And when God cut covenant with man, and, 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 and really when I say God cut covenant with man, it was God and Jesus cutting covenant with each other for the benefit of man so that we could get in on it. We're not going to go into the, all, the, the, all that in the scripture right now because I'm, we're getting, I want to get to some certain things here. But yet, understand, God cut covenant with Jesus because men could break it. But, God, but how many of you know, God made covenant with himself, <laughs> he said, I, I could swear by no one greater, so I swore by myself. And Jesus was the one that walked between the pieces there, uh, you know, in, 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 in Genesis 15. You know, he's the one that walked... He, he's the one, because he's the one that God made covenant with. And Abraham uh, got in on it. God, Abraham had a part to play. He had to be willing to be circumcised, willing to, to, you know, to come into that, just like we have to be willing by faith to come into this new covenant. But the, but the covenant is God and Jesus so that we get to enter into it because we can become one with Christ when we receive him. So we get all the covenant based on Jesus. Glory be to God. And, and, and I said, it's something binding. It's, it's where you give your life. God gave his life to us through the shedding of the blood of his son. And we're to obviously commit our lives to him receiving Jesus as our Lord and our Savior. But you're swearing an oath in blood. God swore an oath in blood. So this is the kind of covenant Jesus is talking about here in, uh, in, in John. He says, you're my friends. It's not a light thing. This is a big thing. To be a friend of God means he, you're in covenant with him. Through the shedding of blood. Glory be to God. A total commitment of his life. He, he, Jesus said there's no greater life, no greater thing than to lay down your life. No greater love than to lay down your life. It's a love covenant where God laid down his life through his son to give us everything that he has. This thing's big. <laughs> it's so great we really can't fully grasp it with our minds, you know. And, and we get to come in on the benefit. Guess, guess what? God gets everything we have. Well, what did he get? Well, he got our, first he got our liabilities. But see, God took care of those through his son. He took care of our sin. He took care of our, you know, spiritually dead condition through an exchange. Because, you know, covenant involves an exchange of gifts as well. So that we get what he has, he gets what we have. Now he got the negative we have, but then he was able to turn it around by giving us everything Jesus is and making us like him. That's what he got through that covenant of blood through his son. Hallelujah. You know, it's like the story of, uh, I love the story of David Livingston, the missionary explorer that went, was the first missionary to Africa. And, uh, but he, they had not heard from him and not received a letter from him for years, several years. And so the uh, English government, they sent uh, Sir Stanley 
uh, over to Henry Stanley over to let, do, it was an expedition interp, you know to try to find him and everything. Now Livingston went over there with an interpreter, and he had an entourage, a few people, but they they encountered starvation, encountered diseases. I mean, and it pretty much diminished much of his group, and he was pretty sick himself. But uh, <clears throat> while he was over there, uh, and while he was in Africa, they, they come up on a situation where they encountered a, a very powerful tribe and, and, a, and, a, and a really powerful chief. And this interpreter who, had, who was African, but he'd, he'd been educated in England, he was with <clears throat> Livingston, and uh, he knew about this chief. <laughs> and, he, and when they encountered, ran into this group, into this tribe, he said, we're going to have to make a strong covenant here. And, uh, and so he was able to explain to Livingston what, about covenants and how you, you're going to have to do that if you expect to survive because they'll take all your stuff or whatever. But um, so he did. He entered into covenant. And they used, uh, you're able, through covenant, you could use a, uh, a substitute. So Livingston was able to use his interpreter and the chief used another substitute for him and they cut each other's wrist, mingled the blood, and put charcoal on it as a mark. You know, when, you, when somebody, you really, we have remnants of covenant today. Even, but, you know, when people go high and raise their hand, that's actually something that had its remnant roots in covenant where you would show somebody your mark. Handshakes are a remnant. Where of the mingling of blood between cutting your, the, your palm of your hand and then mixing it together. Handshake is a remnant of covenant. In fact, used to, you know, years ago, it was said in our country, you could seal a deal with a handshake. You can't do that anymore. But got to be careful even making out a contract on paper. You know. but, uh, but Livingston said, all right, I'm willing to make that covenant. He, the, his interpreter and the other man, they made a covenant together. <clears throat> and then they started pronouncing uh, the uh, there was a, a person who's kind of the intermediary and, and all of a sudden they started pronouncing curses out. And he said, what is that all about? You know, they were gonna, that you would die, all your, you know, all your stuff would be taken. He said, well, he's pronouncing the curses of someone who would violate this covenant. And, uh, but then he, you know, but also he understood, he began to talk about the benefits, the blessings that what now Livingston owned, whatever was his, the chief had access to it and vice versa. But there was also an exchange of gifts. And this is what was so, so, so neat about this. Uh, the, the chief wanted Livingston's, he had one goat and he needed, Livingston needed the goat milk because he had a stomach issue. And, he, and that the goat milk was the only thing that really helped him with his condition. And so, uh, but the chief wanted the goat. And, and Livingston was hesitant to give him his goat. He said, I need that goat, you know. But he, he said, all right, I'll do it. Was willing to give him the goat. But then the chief turned around and gave him a seven-foot copper-wired spear. And he, at first he thought, I'm getting ripped off here. You know, I'm getting ripped off. What is a spear, you know? And, uh, but he found out as they went from that place and went into other parts of Africa, he would walk wherever he would come into an area uh, and he had that spirit. Everybody knew whose spirit represented and nobody would mess with him. 
Nobody would even dare try to harm him. In fact, he was able to get a whole herd of goats <laughs> in one place because of that spear. Because it represented all that the chief owned and had and his power, his ability. Well, aren't you glad there was an exchange that took place at Calvary? Glory to God. Glory to God. Jesus took your liabilities so that you could have all of his assets. When the blood of Jesus was shed, praise God, you came into covenant with God. All, to have covenant with God means that all he has belongs to us and all we have belongs to him. Thank you, Lord. In fact, you and I are in covenant with, we're in covenant together as well. The Bible says we're one in the body of Christ. That's why Jesus takes it personally how you treat somebody else in the body. You can't say amen, say oh me. We've all had to say oh me before, you know. Forgive me, Lord. We need to be careful how we treat one another. You know, Jesus took it personally when, when Saul, who was breathing threatenings against the church, and he was persecuting the Christians, Jesus, when he appeared to Paul on the road to Damascus, he didn't say, Paul, he didn't say, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting those Christians over there? He said, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And, and, and Saul was saying, you know, I, look, I just met you. I'm not persecuting you. That's what he's thinking, I'm sure. No, because Jesus took it personally when you persecute his body because he and the body are one. We're the body of Christ. Guess what? We're in covenant together as well. Hallelujah. But we get into this covenant by faith. Now I just want to give a little just strengthening of your faith for a few moments here now concerning covenant. Um, because it needs, this is something that will undergird your faith walk. If you get a grip on it, get a, get a revelation of this, just get just some further understanding of what covenant means in the word of God and how God views it. Cause God said in Isaiah 45, 11, ask, ask of me things concerning my sons. Amen. Ask of me concerning my sons and concerning the work of my hands command ye me. So God's saying, you have a relationship with me where you can, you can ask me things and I'll reveal things to you and I'll do things for you. If it has to do with the work of God's hands, if it has to do with his ability being released on your behalf, you have a right, a covenant right to say, Lord, I need this. I need what you said you would do for me to come to pass for me. Amen. See, so this is a covenant view. This is covenant perspective. Amen. And even the fact that God's not hiding things from us, ask, ask me concerning things that are, that are going to be coming in your life. Amen. You know, the Holy Spirit in the new covenant is, is a, he's a, a, a down payment on, uh, on our redemption, you know, our future redemption and the full complete redemption that we're going to realize uh, in Christ when we're, you know, have a brand new resurrected body. But, but he said one thing about that's also the seal of the covenant is the Holy Spirit and, and his presence in your life. Jesus said, he'll show you things to come. So he'll prepare us for things. That's what a covenant partner does. He lets you know dangers ahead. There's something you need to know. 
and I'll let you know about it. Amen. He's there to help us, isn't he? Now, we have to learn to listen to him and be led by the Spirit of God. Psalm 111, verse 5. Notice this about God. He gives meat to them that fear him, and he will ever, look at this, he'll ever be mindful of his covenant. God always has covenant on his mind. When it's concerning you and your affairs, your life, things you need, if it's covered in covenant, God says, it's on my mind for your behalf. For my covenant to come to pass, my covenant with you to be realized, to be performed in your life. Oh, glory to God. It's always on his mind to fulfill covenant for you. Praise God. He's a covenant-keeping God. He's mindful of what he said he would do. Now, we also, there's a flip side to that for our part. First Chronicles chapter 16, uh, look at verse 15 here. First Chronicles 16, 15. He's telling us something. You be mindful of his covenant. The word which he commanded to a thousand generations. You need to be covenant-minded like God's covenant-minded. You and I need to, if we're not going to enjoy the fullness of the covenant blessings, if we're not mindful of the covenant. That's what he's letting us know here. Amen. Praise God. So we need to be covenant-minded as well. Hallelujah. Praise God. See, when you go into prayer... When you approach the throne room, it's good to be mindful of what he said in his word. It's good to know what the covenant has said about you. Your covenant. You're in covenant. By the blood of Jesus, you're in covenant. Amen. Hallelujah. There are promises for you. There are things God said that are sworn in blood. That's how strong it is. It's strong. The psalmist said in Psalm 89, verse 34, look what God said about his covenant. My covenant will I not break. You never have to worry about it. You never have to be concerned about his covenant, his word, what God has said coming to pass. He said, I will not alter, I won't change what's come out of my lips. If it came out of my mouth, and we have God's word, we have what came out of his mouth. He said, I'm not going to change it. You're not going to get a 2.0. You're not going to get an amendment, a new addition with changes in it. (laughs) I know there are a lot of people trying to change the Bible today. Make it say something it doesn't say. No, it's it, the word of God once and for all. God said, I'm not changing it. That's good news. That means we can rely on it. If we're mindful of it, we can say, Lord, this is what you said. Woo, thank you for it. It's sworn in blood. Hebrews 7, says, Jesus is the surety. He's the guarantee of a better testament or covenant. The new covenant. He's he's the guarantee. He's the surety. That that word surety actually it it, uh, it means bail money in the Greek. <laughs> that means he's responsible for bringing something to pass. He's responsible for bringing the covenant to pass. 
You know, a bail bondsman is responsible for the one they had bailed out. Well, Jesus is responsible for making sure the covenant comes to pass in your life. He's responsible to enforce covenant rights when we come to him and put a claim on those rights. Hebrews 3.1. Hebrews 3.1 calls Jesus the, the apostle. Partakers of the heavenly calling. Brethren, consider the apostle and high priest of what? Of our profession. Or you could say confession. Same word. He's the apostle. He's the sent one to ensure that our confession becomes reality. Amen. Amen. He's responsible for our confession. When we make the connection with the covenant in our heart and speak that out of our mouth, speak covenant words, Jesus, the apostle of our confession, ensures that those words become reality. Who praise God. Praise God. See, what we say in line with the covenant, God... He's waiting to perform it. God is waiting to perform it. Jesus guarantees it will be performed. Praise God. God makes good on what we say when he hears his covenant come out of our mouth from a heart of faith. Did you get that? God ensures what we say when, when he hears his covenant come out of our mouth from a heart of faith. When we've put that word in our heart and it comes out of our mouth, our covenant-keeping God is there to make sure. He watches, Jeremiah says, he watches over his word to perform it. Doesn't mean he's watching over the Bible. He's watching over the word that comes out of our mouth. Yes, it's, he watches over his word, and that, in one sense, we understand that. But he'll, he'll make sure what's written is performed in our life, but it has to first be, be brought back to him through the words of our mouth. If, the, if, if that were not the case, then the Bible would come to pass for everybody all the time. But there are Christians that don't believe God heals today. There are Christians that don't believe God wants to deliver them from, from bondages, deliver them from poverty. There are Christians that don't believe these things today. Because they don't, they're not mindful of their covenant. Not to condemn anybody. We've all been there in some measure and degree in life. And don't condemn yourself if you didn't know. But now there's some things you know. You, you have a covenant. When you, read that, when you read the word of God, see it as covenant. That this is something God will perform for my life. He's bound to it. <clears throat> He's sworn to it. It's sealed in blood. Hallelujah. We just have to reflect his covenant words back to him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. He will make good on what we say when the word of God, his covenant word is in our mouths from a believing heart. Amen. He'll honor what he says. You know, God, you realize God can't decide if he's going to be faithful to himself? I wonder if I'll be faithful to myself today. 
Because when you reflect his word back to him, you're reflecting his image back to him. He's saying, yeah, that's who I am. That's what I said, and I am my word. Oh, glory to God. He's already sworn in blood. He's not going to break his covenant. It's who he is. It's impossible, Hebrews says, for God to lie. So we need to approach God from this covenant mindset. When we come to him in prayer, when we come to him in faith, we, we need to, it, that needs to be on our mind that, he's, that he is so strongly covenant-minded that, that what you bring to him in faith, he has to do it. Not that he just has to, he wants to. Psalm 106 verse 45 says he remembered, he remembered his covenant. He remembered for Israel his covenant. For Israel. That's why he's doing it for you. He remembers it for you and for me. When we bring his word that says, my God shall supply all my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. He, he is mindful of that. He remembers that. He, it's reflecting him back to himself. He has to do it. Because he wants to do it. But also he has to do it because he said it. He's a covenant-keeping God. He can't alter it. He can't change it. He can't decide, I wonder if I'm going to be faithful to that today. He's already dispensed it. He's already dispersed it. It's already come out of his mouth. He can't take it back. He can't take it back. He, he, not, he doesn't want to take it back, but also he can't take it back. That's how strong this is. God would have to cease to exist to take back his covenant in any way, to not perform it in any way. <laughs> Jesus would have to fall off the throne at the right hand of God and, and, and fall out, just fall out, you know, out of heaven because he's the guarantee this covenant's coming to pass. My God, my God, my God, my God. Whew. My God. <laughs> oh. I done preached myself big time happy here. I'm a, this is, uh, this thing's about to explode here on me. I don't know about you. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. It's not like God's got to decide. Am I, I wonder if I'm going to perform this for them today. If it's his word, <laughs> it's guaranteed. Well, but you can't make God do anything. I'm not, no, he's got to make himself. It's not about me making him do anything. No, I can't make him do anything, but he's got to make himself. I said, he's got to make himself because he swears to his own hurt and changes not. He may, he'll make himself. Not that he has to make himself, you understand. He wants to. He loves you. He wouldn't have said it if he didn't want it to come to pass. Every promise of God is an expression of his yearning desire for you to enjoy the fullness of your inheritance in Christ. Every promise, every promise. 
See, we got to remind ourselves of these things. Instead of sitting around the house worrying about stuff and feeling sorry for ourselves or, or all the things that we do sometimes. You have a covenant sworn in blood with Almighty God, El Shaddai. That's how he appeared to Abraham when he made covenant with him. He said, I'm El Shaddai. That means I'm all sufficient. Anything you need, I got it. I have it. It's for you. We're in covenant. Woo! Hallelujah. 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 <laughs> Woo. Praise God. When God said, by his stripes, you were healed. That's covenant. I said, that's covenant. He said it so that we could put our faith and attach it to it. So that it could become a reality in our lives. But he's not going to back down. He's not going to change his mind. And there's nothing too hard for him because he's El Shaddai. This, the pages of this word are written in blood. Blood's on every page. God swore to himself. He swore by himself. I'm going to do that word. I'm going to perform my word. That's why the Bible tells us, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Because that's the way God is. His yes is yes and his no is always no. In 2 Corinthians 1.20, you know, he says uh, that the promises of God, what are they? Yes and amen. Yes and so be it. Every promise has God's yes stamped on it. That's covenant. That means he's going to perform it. If you just simply believe it and get that word in your mouth. Hallelujah. Because that's how we take covenant. I said, that's how we take covenant. We're supposed to take it. Isaiah 56, verse 4. Isaiah 56, verse 4. What does he say to do there? Uh, he says to the eunuchs that keep his, his Sabbath and choose the things that please him. And take hold of my covenant. Take hold of my covenant. He said, this pleases me for you to take hold of his covenant. Amen. We have a part to play. We're to take hold of it. We're to be covenant minded and we're, and we need to learn to take hold of it. Everything on the covenant table is for our benefit. You know, we talk about the communion table. That's all there. It's on the table. It represents all the inheritance, all the blessings. It represents forgiveness, healing. It represents prosperity. It represents whatever you need, any kind of deliverance from any bondage. It represents all God has for you and all Jesus went to the cross and shed his blood to bring to you and me. But we're supposed to take hold. We're supposed to get that word in our heart and then get it coming out of our mouth. Because Psalm, Psalm 50, Psalm 50, verse 16, tells us some things again about uh, how we take it. Now, the wicked, he says, the, what have you to do to declare my statutes or that you should take my covenant in your mouth? See, the wicked don't have a covenant. <clears throat> they don't have a right. 
But you and I have a right to take the covenant in our mouth. That's how you take it, is you get it in your mouth. That's how you take it. You get it in your mouth, and it comes out of your mouth because you believe it in your heart. God says, you need to be taking it. I put, I, he said, I, he's saying, I put this word out and made it available to you. Blood was shed. Blood brought this book. And, it, and, every, and blood is on every page of it so that you could get it in your heart and then get it coming out of your mouth. So you could take it and make it a reality in your life. Because God loves me. He regards me. You know, the Bible talks about in Hebrews 8 9, it said God, he didn't regard. Notice the last, the last part of that down, down from the semicolon is talking about Israel because they continued not in my covenant and I regarded them not. You know, that word regard in the Greek, it means to show concern for and take care of. It means to come to someone's aid. Well, God regards us when we take his covenant, put it in our heart and our mouth. He'll regard you every time because he's sworn to do it. <laughs> it's covenant. That's all you really have to say about it. It's covenant. It's guaranteed. Hallelujah. I'll say it this way. As long as I keep the right heart, I'm talking about doing it in a reverent way, but you, we need to be bold. God, and, and we can say this, God has to take my not enough and turn it into more, enough, more than enough. Do I need to come and just get in your face to say that? Think of me in your face right now. God has to take. He has to. He has, now, he wants to. We know that because this is a love covenant. But he has to. He has to. Now, he's able to because he's El Shaddai, but he also has to. He has to take your, your less than enough. You're not enough. He has to make it more than enough. As long as I take hold of his covenant. He has to. He's able to. He's got more than enough down here, but he has to. He has, he has, he has to. He has to watch out and, 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 and protect my babies, my grandkids. He has to. The angels have to surround them. Lest they dash their foot against a stone. He has to. Because I claim I'm taking the covenant of Psalm 91. And I put it in my heart. And it comes out of my mouth. I claim their protection. He has to. He has to. Keep them. Guard them. Protect them. So I don't worry, I don't fear, because I'm in covenant with El Shaddai, Almighty God, the covenant-keeping God. He has to bring me out of that dark place. Oh, glory to God. 
He has to heal my body. He has to. As long as I stand on that covenant and not let it go, not let it change out of my mouth. We got to get more this way, beloved. Will we stop being mealy mouth and well, maybe the Lord, maybe I don't know. No, we need to be we need to be bold about this as God is about his covenant. He said, I'm not going to change it. I'll do it. I'll perform it. I'll hasten to perform my word. So we can't be strangers to our covenant. You know, Paul told the church at Ephesus, don't be strangers. He's talking about those that were strangers to the covenants of promise. He said they don't have any hope. Strangers to the covenant. Amen. Talking about men before they knew Jesus, men that didn't have a covenant with God. He said, but now, but now we have a covenant, so we don't have to be strangers. So we can take hold of the blood covenant. Hallelujah. 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 God has to. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that in a in a you know disrespectful way. I'm saying that with humility. I'm saying it with man. I mean, because I, I'm just saying I'm just being honest about who who my covenant father is. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Like Abraham went to God. Remember Abraham his covenant. He was in covenant with God. He went. God was about to you know. Uh, he's about to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, and and and, and or actually, even Moses. He wanted to. He wanted to. Moses. Wanted, he's like God said, "I'm going to wipe them all out. Start over with you." Moses went to him, "No, Lord, you can't do that. You can't do that." Said, so "Look, what's 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 what are they going to say in Egypt? What are they going to say out here? What are they going to say if you do, no?" Said, so "You have a covenant. You got no. You can't do that." He, he, he went to God and reminded him. <clears throat> That's pretty bold, man. Well, we're, to be, we're to have a level of boldness too. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. No, Lord, you, I can't, I, no, you won't let me go under. No, you won't let my business go under. You will not let, no. You, you, you have to bring me out. You have to put me over. You have to get me a new job. You have to bless what I put my hand to. You have to. I know you want to, but you also got to. He wouldn't have put it in there if he didn't want to, but thank God he's got to. I can, I can see, I, I can rest not only in his want to. Yeah, I can rest in that, but I can rest even better in the fact that he's got to. Something about that makes the pillow a little bit softer. When I, when I know his covenant, I know he's got to do it. He's not just willing to bless me, help me, heal me, meet my need, but he's got to. Oh, praise the Lord. I can sleep on that. I mean, I, 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 this is not something I haven't practiced before. I've said, I've gone to the Lord. Lord, you got to do that. This is your idea. This was your idea. I know I've made some mistakes, but the blood has cleansed me. I've repented of my boo-boos. 
And now you got to. You got to put me over. Your name is on the line. I told the Lord, I said, your name's on the line. I said, if you don't put this over, I'll go around and tell people God couldn't do it. I trusted him, but it just, this was too big, I guess. I know that may sound disrespectful to somebody or sacrilegious. I don't know. I've just got real, I just get real with God and was like, you got to do this. You have to put me over. You have to meet this need. I'm not going to sit at home worrying about it either, Lord. I'm not going to miss, I'm not going to miss a, a moment of sleep over this. You've got to do it. This covenant mindset has helped me through several things in my life, in our ministry. Hallelujah. And I've gone to him about some other things lately. Just some other things in my life, other things in my family. I'm just like, no, I, I'm in covenant with you. I expect this. I expect this. Glory to God. Why? Because he's good. This is a love covenant from the heart of a love God who loves you so much. He was willing to shed the blood of himself through his son, made a covenant with his son, and let me, in, let me and you in on it because he loved us so much, made us one with Christ, gave us promises that cannot be changed and cannot be denied. No matter what's going on in this world, that's why you can always come back to covenant. No matter what's going on in the world, this will help your faith to come back and say, no matter what's going on, no matter how, cra how crazy the world gets, no matter how crazy the economy gets, no matter what happens, this ain't changing. I'm in covenant. He's got to take care of me. I've never, the psalm said, I've never seen the righteous. He's talking about covenant. I've never seen right, the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging. Covenant sons and daughters never have to beg. They say, Lord, this is what you said. I expect it to come to pass. And I thank you for it. Thank you for it. Thank you. Well, let's thank him a little bit here. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. You're faithful to your word. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. We thank you that we're in covenant with you through the blood of your son. We thank you, Father, there's nothing you withhold from us. No good thing will you withhold. You will not withhold healing. You will not withhold provision. Because you're good, Father, you love us. And we're in covenant with you by the blood of Jesus. <laughs> Praise God. 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 Thank you. 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 Hallelujah. 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 <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God forevermore. 
for you're faithful and you're good. You're kind. Hallelujah. You know, God, before we take communion, I was, I was reminded of the story in 2 Samuel. David and Jonathan, you know, they entered into covenant with each other. Of course, Jonathan was Saul's son. But they had a covenant together. They loved one another. Well, Jonathan died, but he had a son. And, but David didn't know of that son, but he said he knew he had children or something. Somehow he knew. He knew he said, and he, so he, he said, he, he sent someone. He said, I've got, I need you to find out if Jonathan had any descendants. He said, because I want to show kindness to them. That's what he said. You can read about it in 2 Samuel 9. He said, I want to show kindness to any of his descendants. Well, see, David, David represented the father. He was in covenant with Jonathan who represented the son. And the son died. But there was still an inheritance for the son's children. And there was a boy named Mephibosheth who was crippled in his legs. But they heard that, they heard, I mean, they knew that after Jonathan and Saul had died, he was running for his life. And he had heard different things about, he had heard different things about David and they weren't all good. In fact, it was tradition, usually for a person that takes over as a new king, that they wipe out the family of the, old, the previous king. That was, a known, that was a known practice in that part of the world. Why? Because they didn't want anybody trying to rise up to the throne from some, a former, former you know, king. So Mephibosheth is on the run. He's heard lies about David. He's like, he thinks David wants to kill him. How many of that's the way a lot of people are today? They think God's out to get them when he's really out to show kindness. That's how a lot of Christians are today. They think God's, God's the one behind their problem. God's the one that brought the sickness. God's the one that he's trying to teach me something through this, through this tragedy. God, God did that to try to make me more spiritual. They think God's somehow doing things that are not godly. <laughs> not godlike. They have a misconception of God. They're not thinking right. But they found Mephibosheth, brought him back into David's house. And Mephibosheth is falling on his face. I'll, be a ser I'll just be a servant. I'll do anything for him. I'm just a dog, he said. I'll do whatever you want me to do. And he's like, get up. You're in covenant with me. You're in covenant. You're not going to be a dog or a servant. You're going you're to sit in the king's house. And guess what he said? Fear not, verse 7 there, 2 Samuel 9. I did give him those scriptures, I forgot. Fear not, I will surely show you kindness for Jonathan's sake. God shows us kindness for Jesus' sake. And I'm going to restore you all the land of Saul. You're going to eat bread at my table all the time. You're not going to have crumbs off the table. You get to eat at the table. Because you're covenant, child. We don't have to eat crumbs that fall off the table. Like that woman of Samaria, her, you know, trying to get the healing for her. No, you, no, thank God. We get to pull up to the table. Woo. 
He prepared a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. There's covenant blessing on that table. There's covenant healing on that table. Covenant provision on that table. Covenant victory on that table. It's all on the table. And you and I get to partake of it because of covenant. It's, it's, cause, it's because God is showing kindness. Covenant kindness. Praise God. Hallelujah. 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 This ought to make somebody in the middle of the afternoon after you've taken your nap just pop up and start shouting. Praise God. I mean, if you can't shout about this, you can't shout. Just put a zip over your lip. Praise the Lord if you can't shout about this. Just, just, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you for letting me preach myself happy this morning. Praise God. Woo, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. Just like Mephibosheth was told lies, we get told lies about God, don't we? The devil comes here and says, you're not going to get that miracle. You're not going to get that healing. You're not, no, God, God, God can't do that for you. No, 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 you've been too ugly. You've been too dark. You've been too this, too that. No, thank God for the blood. Blood has cleansed you. Blood has made you whole. And Jesus said when he, he, he brought the cup in Luke before the, they were about to have the last supper, he said, this is the New Testament in my blood, the new covenant in my blood. He was verifying that this covenant we have is sealed in blood. It's sealed in blood. Sworn in blood. As believers this morning, as believers, we're going to take hold of our covenant today. Something you may need. It just may be forgiveness and being restored back into fellowship with God because you've been like a prodigal son. You may have been running from God now, but you're here today and you've heard the word and you know God, he loves you, he's kind, and he wants you back into that right fellowship so you can enjoy the full blessings of a covenant relationship. Because it's not just one-sided. God has said, I've given you my everything, but how many he needs us to say, Lord, I'm yours. I'll walk with you. I'm, I'm going to fellowship with you. I'm not going to... I'm not going to harbor resentment in my heart towards a brother. I'm, I'm going to, I mean, we have a part to play to enjoy the full covenant benefits and blessings. Amen. I'm going to put away that work of the flesh that's been dominating my life and receive my cleansing today and start walking with my covenant father. So forgiveness is available. Restoration is available. Thank God healing is available. Did you know if you'll take that covenant today and when you break this bread and put it in your mouth as a, as a symbol of what Jesus did on the cross by his stripes, you were healed. And you do that in faith and you say, Father, I thank you that you healed me 2,000 years ago. I thank you that by Jesus' stripes I'm healed. Did you know God has to perform his word? I'll say it again. He's got to. He has to. He has to. So that means you can believe you receive it. Even if you don't feel any different, you can start praising God. 
You start praising God. You go from this place. You may not even feel any different tomorrow. The next day, you just keep praising God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. I'm the healed. You have to heal. You've had, you had to do it. And I believe I am. Because if, if we were, we are. That's covenant. Covenant says I was healed. Therefore, I am healed. Hallelujah. There's, there's things in my body I've stood for for a period of time and just kept thanking God. Father, I thank you. I am healed. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You may have a financial need this morning. You need to thank God. That's part of your redemptive package. It's part of your covenant package. It's part of being in covenant with God. He's more than enough for you. He has, he has to turn. He has to turn my less than enough into more than enough. He has to. Glory to God. It may not happen overnight. It may not happen by next week. Some of the things that you need, but you keep standing on the word of God, thanking him. Because you're in covenant with a covenant-keeping God who's more than enough to meet any need you have or ever will have. Praise God. Father, we thank you this morning for this privilege of being able to honor you with, with the communion elements. Father, we thank you for the shed blood and the broken body of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and what these elements represent. So, Father, this morning we're taking hold of our covenant with you. We're taking hold of the benefits and the blessings. So, Father, we receive by faith forgiveness, healing, our needs met, victory in our minds, protection for our families. We receive whatever we need this morning from your word, from your promises. We receive them by faith. And we thank you that your word is true and that you perform your word for our life as our covenant father. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Go ahead and break and eat and drink. Praise the Lord. Let's just thank him for a few moments before we go this morning. Give him thanks again for what he's done for you. <laughs> praise God. Let's rejoice and be glad. Rejoice. Give him praise and thanks. He's taken care of you. Hallelujah. His word is faithful and true. Thank you, Father. You've performed your word in our life. Thank you that you've healed me. Thank you that you've met my need. Thank you, Father, you've delivered me. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Praise God, praise God. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God.